Hi, and welcome to Unashamed, a smut lovers podcast, where we just want to talk to you about smut. I'm Courtney. And I'm Kelsey. All right. And this is our newest read-along. So we are doing... It's Bad Wrong Things by C.P. Harris. Yes. It's a male male. Yeah, it's a best friend's dad romance. So we're getting a little taboo up in here. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get started. So it looks like, have you read the blurb? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it looks like uh, Raven was taken in by his best friend Joey and his dad Clint. Taken in from something? Foster care maybe? Well... Here's the thing. So when I was trying to find out if this was first person or not, I I read the first line of the book and it seems like his parents died. So I cheated. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess he's an orphan who was taken in uh, by his best friend and his best friend's dad. I'm assuming they're like childhood friends. And then Joey, the best friend, goes off to the military and he tells his dad to do something selfish this summer and he does it looks like he he does looks like some, some selfish, thing. That selfish thing that he does yeah the uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then i mean it's a really long blurb to basically say that and then at the end of the blurb it says that facing joey's disapproval is the least of their problems or something like that like also, this has a uh, consensual non-consent uh, for those of you who are not comfortable with that and a handful of other triggers. I haven't looked at the trigger list. But Where did you see that? It was on the thing that you sent me. Uh, yeah. Sexual role play with dubious consent, mentions of drug use, and the death of a minor both take place on the page with the death of a minor happening, having happened over 20 years ago. It does not contain cheating, though. Hmm. So it's got a dubcon. Yeah. So... Okay. Other than that, I mean, I think we're pretty much going in blind. I've seen a couple things about this, and it says that this is, like, one of the more extreme, jealous-possessive romances. I like that. Me too. I'm really interested in seeing their dynamic. Because, yeah, that's, like, one of the main things I've seen, actually, from this book. I've heard it's good, and I've heard that it's, like, an extreme level of jealous possessive. So, yay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, 50% of this book is exactly 50% is chapter 14. Okay. So, we will come back, and we will see you at chapter 14 and talk about it. All right. Pause Pause here, here. Okay, so we're back. Yes. Um, I feel like there's such a mark, a marked difference between like this book and all of the other ones that we've read. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm not is... like on the edge of my seat with waiting for like some twist or turn to take me out. Yeah. I mean, okay, so this is a little bit more on the taboo side of things than the other ones that we've done but there is something that's gonna happen because the first chapter which really should have been a prologue like let's just keep that shit real that is not a chapter one yeah (laughs) i agree 
that is a prologue. Um, it kind of foreshadows that something happens. I actually have something that I want to um, add to that. I wrote it down. That's how important it was for me to remember it, uh, which is not something I, I ever do. I never fucking prepare for these podcasts. No, you don't. And so that's interesting. <laughs> no. What is it? So um, first off, the language that uh, the author uses is very uh, flowery. It's very, it's full of like metaphors and like poetic. I so, like it. I usually don't. Yeah, I I like it too. I feel like um, for this specific like trope and stuff like that, I feel like it flows really well. Yeah. And it almost softens the uh, taboo element. Yeah, usually I do not like flowery, um, like a flowery voice when it comes to authors. But for this i really like it i like the way that the author does it the metaphors that they use are like easy to imagine and stuff like that like I yeah don't know. I, i'm actually like gonna it. go read there's uh there's another book that it's like a teacher student mail mail so i'm actually gonna read that next just to see if uh the writing style continues the same way yeah the, uh, and um also what the fuck with the guy and his dad oh i know I lincoln law Link in law, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going is, on there. I'm wondering if he's not actually his father. Maybe it's a stepdad, and he just like raised him. I don't know. I'm hoping that there's a book for them. I know how bad that sounds, but yeah. And well, and it's kind of said that they look alike. I think is what when they were both introduced at the same time. I thought. Well, that was but they there. always say that like Link is like has like a he looks like a baby bear or whatever like he's a yeah. baby face and if it weren't for the ink he would look like a child i don't know i don't i'm just i'm curious to know more about that which i don't think we'll get too many answers but um so anyway here's what i wanted to say so uh in the very first chapter which is uh in the future uh after i want to say it's a few years after what happened with them happened there was an event and uh raven left Raven is yeah. the younger one. He left. And then he comes back because his mother has finally died. And yeah, so I was wrong about that when I thought I had like accidentally read ahead. So her, his mom was just like a piece of shit. And she was neglectful for yeah. sure. So he was taken in. It wasn't that she had died back yeah. then. And, and Clint was like a cop who used to help him out of situations and so he took him in. He had a son who was around the same age in, in Raven's class and, you know, all of that. So uh, in the first chapter, Raven asks if, like, the lock on his door is fixed because I'm assuming at some point in the book there's going to be a situation where Clint breaks down the door and breaks the lock on his door. And uh, in the younger point of view, in the second chapter that was really the first chapter, it's where uh, Raven's, like, a really a younger kid. Yeah. And he says, he makes a point to say, I'd grown used to being locked up alone in my room. It was the only time I felt a smidge of safety. Only a smidge because locks could be unlocked or broken. A smidge was better than nothing, though. And I feel like to put those two statements, like, right after each other, you know? Was yeah. Like, maybe. I didn't even catch that. Oh, it like, the second I read that, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, because, you know maybe that had a lot to do with him leaving because 
he couldn't he didn't feel safe anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've really only scratched the surface and seen uh I guess the buildup as far as the jealousy goes. Yeah. So we're just like right at the very beginning of their relationship right now. Yeah. They just started getting physical and like they confess to each other or Raven confessed to Clint, whatever. Um uh, yeah, so I feel like we're getting a buildup. And, and there's been, like, little things. Like, so I, I just finished right before we started recording. And there was only really, like, one instance where, like, he got upset because he was, like, th- while they were having sex, he was thinking about the fact that, like, other people had been inside Raven. Because yeah. Raven a hoe. Yeah. Um, so, and he, like, got a little upset and, you know, kind of had a little outburst about it. But also... I wonder if Clint's going to find out about him and Joey. I know. I feel like when this is just my theory, this is how I think things are going to go down. I feel like when Joey finds out about them, that he'll out what was going on with him and Raven. I think I also feelings for Raven. Yeah. I also caught that in the chapter one raven had pointed out two scars on clint and he made them sound like bullet wounds i don't know if that's what he said that they were but there was two scars so i'm wondering if he gets shot like in the line of duty if something happens with joey like i don't know oh you're right because he hasn't mentioned the scars as of right now so yeah and because he's so scared that something bad is going to happen if he lets himself enjoy this. Clint, not Raven. Yeah, Clint. <laughs> that I'm like. But the thing is, in the shot? future perspective, Clint was so fucking aggressive. Like, Raven made yeah. sure he was like, I'm not staying. I'm leaving. Clint was a fucking savage. It says, like, in because it's in Raven's point of view he says, like, would you believe that I used to be the aggressor? That's that's a good fucking point. I totally forgot about the scars until you mentioned them. Yeah, I'm like, I've been on the edge of my seat the whole time, like, waiting to see what happens with that. I that was know. what stood out to me the most in that first chapter. I was looking at it from, like, the psychological prospect because... I keep thinking, because you're right, like, right now, as of right now, where we are in the book, like, Raven was the one who pursued, 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 and Clint has, like, been a little wishy-washy as far as it goes. Yeah, um, he's been but, shy and bashful. And- mm-hmm. But from the uh, the future perspective we get in Chapter 1, I was looking at it, like, psychologically, like, I see Clint being one of those guys because they say it's an over-the-top jealousy aspect. I see Clint being one of those guys who's, like, not abusive, but, like, isolating. Like, I can see him, you know, maybe trying to kind of cage or even in a little bit as far as, like, don't go see anybody. Stay with me 24-7. Like, why would you need to go, uh, you know, work? Or why would you need to go see Link? Or, you know what I mean? I feel like... I feel like yes and no. I feel like they both are going to be that way because Raven is just as jealous and possessive of Clint as vice versa. And I feel like at the same time, no, because they're both very supportive of each other's dreams. Huh, I'm they curious. They both want the other to 
achieve the things that they want to achieve. So I feel like yes and no. Yeah. Well, I, I want to know what the uh, signifying event is that makes Raven leave. And also, I, was it three years, six years? I don't remember. He was gone for like a really long I would go back, but I'm, I'm it not It was a lot of years. It was enough for Clint to go gray. Like, oh, I think it was nine years because he's 40 in this. And I'm pretty sure he was 49 in chapter one. I... You think it's been that long? I mean, yeah. I think it was nine years. I'm going back right now to check. Okay, chapter one. Well, and he does say that, like, he had to make it on his own. And here's the thing. If it is nine years, I feel, like, good for Raven because he needed to grow up. They're only 22. Uh, Raven and Joey are only 22. And I feel like to start that relationship at that age. Well, Raven was 23. Joey was 22 because Raven's a year older. Fair enough. All right. Either way. Especially when you had essentially seen that person as like a father figure or like they raised you. Getting away, I think, was probably the best thing that Raven could have done. And him coming back after so many years, like if they do end up with a happily ever after, which I believe the blurb says that they do. Yeah. I'm excited. I want to see if there's going to be like any sort of uh, chapter or whatever that has Raven while he's gone and like growing up away oh i'm sure it will so i'm i'm a little i'm curious to see that too well also and we're 50 percent in and it just started you know what i mean it was all just build up this whole time so i wonder i don't want it to be rushed you know i'm curious to see where it all goes. i don't think it'll be rushed i feel like the way that this author writes is i feel like we'll get the full scope yeah I'm excited. So I think that's all the thoughts I have for now. How about you, Kelsey? Well, shit. There was one other thing. Oh, in the chapter one, they talk about how Joey's on his sixth tour and he hasn't been back since Raven left. Yeah, I I so think that ever had a lot of credibility to what you said as far as like when he finds out, like yeah. some things are going to happen because... Well, yeah, and Raven mentioned that uh, he lost his best friend, but that Clint lost his son, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming, obviously, Joey wasn't okay with it. But not only that, but they were such a tight-knit family, like, unit. Yeah. They've always been – Clint was very much um, physically affectionate, not in a bad way, but you know what I mean? Like, he was very affectionate with both kids – as they were growing up, like hugging, kissing on the forehead, that was not things that were, you know, skimped or anything like that. Also, they were very open and stuff. I'm interested too. All right. I'm like, we're going to come back at the end of the book and check in again. So if you're reading along with us, pause here. Okay, so we're back. Yes. This what book is- was fantastic. It was so good. So good. Start by saying that. This book was amazing. I cried. Did you cry? I teared up a little, but I didn't actually cry. Yeah, it wasn't like full-blown sobbing. Like, there's only one book that's done that to me. And yeah. It's going to stay that way, probably. But I, I did almost cried. I almost texted you that I was going to cry, and then I just powered through. Was it was like- when, when Joey came back. That was my tear-up moment. I cried during the 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 dark scene, like oh yeah, in the bed. 
or I almost cried, yeah. So, because he was so fucking mean. And I'm not saying, uh, so basically what happened is, I don't even remember where we picked up, but Joey had we sent- left off. We left off right as everything was like ramping up. Okay, so they, yeah. I think they had had sex for the first time. Yeah, so they had a relationship for a few months. I want to say like it, it was winter, started to go to winter. And then so it had been a few months and Joey, the son, sent a letter, but he accidentally sent the letter meant for Raven to in his dad's envelope. And he opened it without Raven there. Like he had set up this big date night and like it was like supposed to be the super romantic thing. And he said, oh, fuck it. I'll just open this early. And it the first line is like, I'm in love with you. And it details essentially that like they had had a sexual relationship and, you know, things like that. And he lost, he lost it. his mind. Yeah. It And I feel like like, don't get me wrong. I, I understand, you know, but. Holy shit, like, not only did he lose, he destroyed his house. Yeah. Uh, got himself bloody. And so Raven comes home, has zero idea what's going on. Like, he's, he sees, like, the Christmas decorations off around, and he's like, oh, shit, that's so sweet. And then he walks into a destroyed house and, like, blood dripping down Clint and his hands. And he's like, I'm going to help you. And Clint fucking goes off yeah so hard and i feel like there was some overreaction there like a they had been having sex and it wasn't like a personal thing to raven and i'm not saying that like clint you know he was hurt not only because he didn't know about it and also because it's his son but he went off on a he was a child when he was doing it like i don't know i feel like there was a bit of an overreaction there i mean yes and no but their whole entire relationship at that point was just toxic honestly like they were just wanting to crawl all the way into each other's skin so yes it seems like an overreaction to a normal person yeah (laughs) but for for them like it made sense you know yeah well and then they broke up obviously but raven like refused to accept it he was like no like, I'm going to make this work somehow, which poor fucking Raven. So uh, he kind of pushes, he pushes and pushes and pushes. Eventually, it comes to this where they, Clint got suspended from work. There was like winter storms happening. They ended up getting hold in the house together. And uh, I described that as it's the dark period. Yeah, because- it was just a week of just straight hate fucking. They didn't eat. They didn't sleep. They didn't do anything they just tore each other down and fucked while they did it he was so fucking mean the things that he said i mean they both said mean things but like he was just he bore he went so hard on raven like oh you're just a slut you're just a whore and i mean like when you're dirty talking and like for the sake of dirty talk that can be hot but when you're like blaming someone for things like it was almost like he was saying like like this is all you're worth and yeah well that is what he was saying they were trying what they were because raven didn't just sit back and take it either i mean he was saying his own fair share of things and it was a matter of tearing each other down so that there was hate in the place where there used to be love so that they might be able to live without each other and that was the whole purpose of that dark period but that I mean, that's not a healthy coping mechanism. So obviously, it didn't fucking work. No, 
Well, and then, uh, so finally, somebody, his his partner, Bobby, she comes over and, like, kind of snaps them out of the bubble that they were in. And I, but they just decided to do it, like, one last time or whatever. Yeah. And so they decide to do it one last time. And they have a thing where it's, like, it's it's rape play, basically. And so he was saying, no, no means no, stop, get off me. And Joey goes, gets home and... All he's walking into is a trashed house, blood all over the floor, and Raven screaming no. And he shot his dad. Yeah, because there was no, the lights didn't work in that room either. So he didn't know who it was. And the truck wasn't there. Yeah. Because he was drunk and got a cab home. So, like, he didn't know his dad was home. He comes inside. All the furniture's broken. There's blood all over the place. Raven screaming no, stop. And so he shoots the person that he thinks is raping Raven because at this point he thinks he's in love with Raven. Come to find out it's his dad. So that was just a fucking mess. Oh, my God. He makes it. Obviously, he makes it. Um, When he's in the hospital, though, Raven decides to leave. Like, which I am. I'm so glad that I this author really sucks you in. Like, I loved the writing it was a little a little too metaphorical and flowery but it worked so it, well though. in this context yeah because it, it, it softened the because yeah this would have been so abrasive if the voice was any different yeah like if the metaphors weren't there and the flowery wasn't there this book would have just like been like I great yeah i don't know it, if it i would have dark. it as well as i did like i was able to get through it a lot but it was easier to digest with the um the softer language he leaves and it has been eight years we confirmed yeah it was eight, eight years. years so he, raven's now in his 30s he went to canada he owns like a tattoo shop he has a dog named poncho cutest fucking dog um i can't even see the dog but i'm in love with it and Clint has his business. He, you know, left being a cop. He has his what is second chance restoration or whatever. Yeah. So they're both doing really good, really healthy. And then, of course, um, we've already talked about the first episode or the first chapter, sorry, where uh, his mom died and that's what brings him back. Yeah. And so, like, the... We get it in context now, though. Yeah. So we get it in context and then it... Basically, uh, when it kind of does the time jump to eight years, it brings us back to the chapter after that first chapter. Yeah. It the jump was the transition was not smooth. Did you feel that way? I yeah, like, I wasn't a huge fan either. It I I had to like go back and like read because I feel like it just jumped like in the middle of everything and then you're there and you're like, wait, what? Like it would have been nice if it was like a beginning of a chapter and it said like eight years later or whatever or something, something. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know it was eight years later until they said something. Like we knew it was like years later, but I think some of the math was off. Yeah, well, because he was he was turned thirty two, but he was twenty three when he left. Yeah, I I think his birthday probably like had to have fallen in a a way that made that possible. Otherwise, the math is off. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I tried not to look too closely at it because, you know, whatever. It was it was a beautiful book though. I did um you know, they got their happily ever after. They got married. I'm really happy we did this one. Yeah, I'd be down to read more by this author. It was it was just a beautiful book. It was just very well done and the angst was done very well. There's sometimes you can tell when an author like 
is throwing in angst for the sake of throwing in angst, but they don't know what that feels like. Yeah. You know, like what that total destruction feels like. And that comes across when you haven't been through that dark time, you know? Yeah. And so you can tell that this author, like, if they haven't been through a dark time like this, they really put in a lot of work to understand it. It just sets apart good from great, you know, when you can feel that depth of emotion. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I am... I was honestly shocked to see that this author only has four books out because I was like, this is so, the writing is so good. The story structure is really good. I mean, other than that time jump, which you can even forgive because it's such a good story. It really, I am hoping to stay on this journey with this author and really read everything that they give out because when you come across a really good author like that, it's hard. It's not easy to find authors that suck you in so easily and with such a good story that it sticks with you. And I think that that book's definitely going to stick with me for a while. Here's the cool thing too, is when you find those rare gems of an author who are just absolutely fantastic and they only have a couple books out, it's like how fucking exciting that I get to witness their journey from basically the beginning. You know what I mean? Like. Same with Cora Rose. Like, I was so disappointed that she only had two books out when I started reading her. But at the same time, how fucking exciting that I get to witness the whole entire journey. Like, that's cool. Oh, for sure. First, oh, yeah. Cora Rose is a queen. And C.P. Harris is, oh, man. Yeah. So, like, I'm totally down to read more of her books. But, yeah, like, this is just A+. plus. Chef's Kiss. Wonderful book. Wonderful story. Wonderful emotions. Character development. Everything. It was great. I would definitely like to see more from the side characters. I feel like she really set it up in a way that it would be easy to transition into those books. So Yeah, I really need a Law and Link Link book. Yeah. Yeah, and even Joey and David because they there's a little mention in there. You know, you can tell that they went through hell to get where they are too. When... So when Raven and Joey are, I think, in the hospital or maybe when they're at the house right before he leaves, Joey says, like, I'm in love with you. And Raven says, you're not in love with me. Like, if you were in love with me, you would, you know, would you be willing to risk it all for me? Yeah. And I really feel like, because when he he writes a letter uh, to, or an email or whatever, to Raven in the time jump, and he says, you know, I wasn't in love with you. And And now I know what real love feels like after meeting my boyfriend. And so, yeah, I agree with you that I would really like to see, I mean, even just like a novella of them because. No, I I won't read it. It's a novella. (laughs) What? I don't read novellas. Why? They're just short. Like, oh, come on. Why? It's not enough. I want it all. Hurt me. Hurt me, daddy. (laughs) I don't know. Or mommy in this case. So we haven't picked another book yet because we just finished. So we're actually recording this two days after finishing up recording for Pen Pal. Yeah. So we haven't had another book. So once again, we'll all be surprised next week. Yeah. But I've got a lot of options now. So we're not we're not floundering at this point. I just haven't sent them to Courtney yet. <laughs> so yay. Next Monday, I think after this episode comes out, it might be our monthly favorites but don't quote me because i don't fucking we're not entirely sure what the timeline is right this second oh yeah after this one will be our monthly favorites we're gonna do what five books each of our august reads i don't think we'll be putting our read-alongs on those lists no but they are worthy 
yes of being if we have done a read-along of the book we recommend it even even yolanda olsen's i mean yeah but (laughs) okay listen here's the thing maybe you should listen uh, and read along with us to find out if we actually recommend it. Because because who's to say what's going to come next? That's know? true. That's fair. We don't know. But I think everything <laughs> we've done so far has definitely been worthy of at least going on the journey for. We have not picked the bad yeah. one yet. Yes. All of the ones that we've done thus far have been excellent reads. A I'm little very, very happy. Pal, but it's fine. I think we need to get over it so we can read Perfect Strangers. We will be back next week, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll see you then. Bye.